worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us to begin with in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. By faith Enoch was taken away, so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable, which is innumerable as the sand, which is by the sea shore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said in Isaac, your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God 
than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish for those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Verses 1 through 40, all of Hebrews chapter 11. Father, thank you once again for the powerful wisdom, grace, power, insight, and understanding on the topic of faith found in this wonderful and blessed chapter of Hebrews chapter 11. Lord, you let us know in your word that the just shall live by faith, and also you told us that without faith it's impossible to please you. Lord, help us to grow tremendously this day in our understanding of the need for us to live a lifestyle of always growing in faith, always learning how to put our faith to work, and always learning how to live a lifestyle of faith and trust in you in all things. We thank you and praise you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. Once again, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. As we pretty regularly offer the, you the opportunity to email us to get some of the resource, uh, Christian education and spiritual growth and discipleship resources we provide, we're glad to share them with you. Simply email me and ask for them. Joseph at AFR.net will be glad to get them to you. And keep in mind, too, our hope is that you'll take them and put them in your own personal uh, spiritual discipleship library, use them for your own growth, but also that you'll take and use them and talk about them, read them, and think on them with your family as devotional tools and discipleship tools to use with your family, obviously with your spouse and with your children as well. But keep in mind our goal is that you'll Always when you get the email, when you receive the email, never let it stop with you and your family. Forward it on to fellow church members. Forward it on to family members and people that you work with on your job. But 
Share them because they're meant to be both evangelism and discipleship tools. And remember, a good question to ask ourselves often is, how easy is it to send an email? It's very easy. It's not hard at all, but it is a wonderful way to share truth that can be life-changing for others. Let's make it our goal to share evangelism and discipleship email tools every day of our lives. I hope that you'll make it your goal to do just that. Today, we're looking specifically at the topic, God is always at work behind the scenes. Again, God is always at work behind the scenes. And, you know, as we just alluded to, the Word of God lets us know, it tells us in four, at least four distinct places, the statement is made to us through the Word of God, the just shall live by faith in one form or directly or another. That statement is made, the just shall live by faith. And as Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 tells us, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So the fact is, you can stay up all night praying, and you can fast and do all sorts of things, but if you do not act in faith, the Bible lets you know you cannot please God. So apparently, faith is very, very important to everything in the life of a believer. In fact, it's of utmost importance. And the reality is you cannot serve God, And you cannot please God without it. So learning more about how to put your faith to work is so, so very important. So this time I want to take time to share an article. Uh, The the title of the article is A Lifelong Student in the School of Faith. Again, A Lifelong Student in the School of Faith. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Again, Hebrews 11, 1. Then Hebrews 11, verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Again, Hebrews eleven six. Then Romans 1, 17. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Is the word of God true? Of course it's true. It's the word of God. And his word is true. And God always keeps his word. Well, if it is true, I'm called to believe that it is true and act like it's true and live a life acting on its truth. Why would this be true? Well, this is true because living a life of faith is to hear the word of God so we can believe and live like it's true. Faith follows the word of God because faith trusts and obeys. It spells out very clearly that walking in faith is tremendously important to everything in the Christian life. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, once again, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Again, Hebrews eleven six. So it is impossible to please God without faith. Romans 1, 17, as well as other passages tell us, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Again, Romans 1, 17. So we see here we are commanded to live by faith. So in view of the truth that without faith we cannot please God, by his command the just shall live by faith, we need to clearly understand a very important truth. Faith and living by faith are extremely important to all believers everywhere in all situations. So every believer would be wise to decide to become a lifelong student, a lifelong student of faith. 
In other words, we would be wise to continually seek to build our faith and to continually learn more about faith and how to put it to work in our lives and in our world. The Word of God lets us know that every believer has some faith. Romans 12, verse 3, lets us know, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So every believer has a measure of faith, yet we are wise to understand that our faith can grow and increase according to the Word of God. And it should be continually it should continually be a goal for all believers to grow and to develop our faith to become stronger and stronger. Romans 10:17 tells us it lets us know how faith can grow. It says, "So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ." So then a believer can grow and increase in his or her faith by reading, studying and meditating on the word of God. With Keep in mind, faith is trust. It is trust and belief that the Bible is true. And we live a life of faith as we trust the Word of God and live a lifestyle of acting on the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2 tells us, For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. Hebrews 4, 2. Reading that again, For good news came to us, just as to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. Again, Hebrews 4, 2. Keep in mind that living a life of faith is a life in which you need to know how to turn the switch of faith on in your life. In other words, it's important to know how to activate and focus your faith and use it to overcome in any given situation. In the challenges we face every day in our lives, whether we win or lose, a battle is dependent on putting your faith to work. We'll pick up, we can pick up there on the other side. I'm sharing an article by the title, A Lifelong Student in the School of Faith. And our topic for today is God is always at work behind the scenes. We'll be right back.
Music from the Walls Group with All Praise Goes to You. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We're looking today at the topic, God is always at work behind the scenes. And of course, one of our encouragements to you today is to recognize this, that, you know, as we put our faith to work, often we live in a world in which, again, the challenges we face may look like they're getting the best of us. Often we all face trials, difficulties, and problems. And the promises God's Word contain often may not appear to be true. But remember this, God's Word is truth, and you're never wrong to agree with God. And so as believers, it's important that we're daily putting the Word of God to work, putting our faith and our trust in God's Word. Remember, you're never wrong to agree with God, but that's one of the ways whereby you bring the manifestation of that truth. You stand on the Word of God and you speak it, and you don't contradict it. We're reading an article specifically uh, by the title, A Lifelong Student in the School of Faith. So we'll pick up with that article once again. Keep in mind that living a life of faith is a life in which you need to know how to turn the switch of faith on in your life. In other words, it's important to know how to activate and focus your faith and to use it to overcome in any given situation. In the challenges we face every day in our lives, whether we win or lose a battle is dependent on putting your faith to work and knowing how to do that. Knowing how to use and apply your faith makes all the difference in the world. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 tells us, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Again, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. If we want to live a victorious Christian life, we need to put our faith to work in our lives every day of our lives. This is how we live a life that pleases God and that builds the kingdom of God. Read and meditate on the Word of God every day. Learn to stand on the promises of God's Word and to speak them over your life every day. Grow in your understanding that God and His Word can be trusted. You and I are wise to decide to be students in the school of faith who learn more and more about how to use our faith. Why? Because one of our goals is to grow in our knowledge of how to live a life that pleases and honors God. And this is a life of faith and trust in Him. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18 tells us, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Again, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Let's be lifelong students who never graduate. Let's keep learning and growing in faith. Again, the title of this article is A Lifelong Student in the School of Faith. And if you'd like to get a copy of the article, simply email, email me at joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Please do email and get it because, again, it has a number of biblical references that I think would be very, very helpful because the reality is this. So many believers, they have faith, but they really haven't learned how to skillfully put their faith to work in their lives. Remember this. Faith is it's trust and faith in the Word of God. And remember, the Word of God is simply the most, the most powerful weapon in all of the universe, but we've got to learn how to use it for the weapon that it is. It's the sword of the Spirit and it's many other things as well, but we've got to learn how by faith to put it to work in our lives. So again, we're looking today at the topic, God is always at work behind the scenes. And the reason that's an important truth to know and understand is because 
often we can read and see the promises of God's Word in the, in the Word of God, but think to ourselves, well, you know, that doesn't appear to be true in my life. Well, remember this, when you read God's Word and you stand on it, you speak it, you stand on its promises, remember, behind the scenes, the Spirit of God, the grace of God, and the angels of God are working to bring that more and more into reality in your life. So remember, you're never wrong to agree with God. You're never wrong to speak what God has said. We are wrong to go against it and to say that's not true. That's always wrong because God's Word is truth. And so it's very important that we're committed to hearing God, reading God's Word, hearing His Word, obeying His Word, trusting in His Word as well. I invite you to look with me now in the book of Genesis chapter 37. And again, as we're looking at this topic, God is always at work behind the scenes. We want to share from Genesis chapter 37, a familiar story, a story about Joseph and his brothers, the sons of Jacob in the book of Genesis, picking up Genesis chapter 37, starting at verse 1. Now, Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, Please hear this dream, which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then, behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright, and indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I've dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Then his brothers went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. So he said to them, Here I am. Then he said to him, Please go and see if it is well with your brothers and well with the flocks and bring back word to me. So he sent him out of the valley of Hebron and he went to Shechem. Now a certain man found him and there he was wandering in the field. And The man asked him saying, what are you seeking? So he said, I'm seeking my brothers. Please tell me where they're feeding their flocks. And the man said, They have departed from here, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. 
Now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. Then they said to one another, Look, this dreamer is coming. Come therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit. And we will say, Some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. But Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit, which is in the wilderness, and do not lay a hand on him, that he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father. So it came to pass, when Joseph had come to his brothers, that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. Then they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. And they sat down to eat a meal. Then they lifted their eyes and looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels, bearing spices, balm, and myrrh on their way to carry them down to Egypt. So Judah said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him, come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brothers listened. Then Midianite traders passed by. So the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. Then Reuben returned to the pit, and indeed Joseph was not in the pit, and he tore his clothes and he returned to his brothers and said, The lad is no more, and I, where shall I go? So they took Joseph's tunic, killed a kid of the goats, and dipped the tunic in the blood. Then they sent the tunic of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, We have found this. Do you know whether it is your son's tunic or not? And he recognized it and said, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Without doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put sackcloth on his waist, and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters arose to comfort him, but they refused to be comforted. And he said, For I shall go down into the grave to my son in mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Now the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, and captain of the guard. Verses 1 through 36, all of Genesis chapter 37. Again, we're looking specifically at the topic. God is always at work behind the scenes. And of course, this is a very familiar story in the Word of God, yet there's so much insight, so much wisdom and understanding to be drawn from, from it as you read and meditate on it. Keep in mind, Joseph as a child, as the Scripture points out, was Jacob's favorite child. Now, sadly... You know, that's not a wise thing for a parent to do. But the reality is, in Jacob's case, that's what he did. He had a favorite son, and it was Joseph. And he made no bones about it. The fact is, he gave him a special multicolored coat that indicated that he, he had love and a special place in his father's heart. And his brothers envied him, and his brothers came to hate him for the reality that his father loved him the most. And so... When the time arose, they when they, they had when they had the opportunity, 
they conspired to kill their brother. Now, keep in mind, remember this, Joseph knew God, and he had put his faith and trust in God. And after a certain point when he had the first dream, he shared the dream to his brothers, a dream which indicated one day he would be a great ruler. Well, of course, the brothers already didn't like Joseph, and of course, hearing the dream didn't make him any more favorable to them, as it turns out, and they hated him even more. And he has a second dream. That dream, too, indicated that he would be a great ruler one day. Well, of course, the dream was from God. And the reality is that we serve a God that he's so big that as we keep our faith and trust in him and as we follow him, God is at work behind the scenes bringing his will to pass. Our job is to trust God that he can do his job. And so as believers, whatever pathway God has called us on, whatever our calling, it's important for us to read the Word of God, to speak and stand on the promises of God's Word, to agree with God's Word. Remember, you're never wrong to agree with God's Word, but keep speaking and standing on it. That's how we move forward in faith. And even when it doesn't look like God's will is coming to pass, it actually is. Because if you stand on the Word of God and put your faith in God and keep trusting and following Him, God is at work behind the scenes bringing His will about. We, in our humanness, often go by what we can see, what we can taste, touch, or feel. But the reality is God is at work heavily every day behind the scenes where we may not be able to see his hand. But our job is to trust God, trust his word, even when you don't see the manifestation of his word. Trust him in his word, even when things look contrary to what you think should be going on. Trust in God and his word, even when things look really bad and tough in your human situation. Because remember, God is always at work. So Joseph's brothers conspire against him. At first they think, let's kill him. But then they decide, well, hey, he is our flesh and blood. Let's not kill him. Let's make some money off him. And they sell him off as a slave into Egypt. And, of course, you know, if you're familiar with the story, Joseph does go down to Egypt. And he enters Egypt as a slave and then becomes a servant in Potiphar, the captain of the guard's uh, home. God begins to elevate him, and then Potiphar's wife lays eyes on him and accuses him of sexual sin. Joseph ends up being put in prison. But remember, Joseph never forgot God. He kept his faith and trust in God. And God was working behind the scenes, bringing about his will. Now, Joseph might have thought to himself, God, I thought you were going to make me a ruler and a leader. And here I am. I'm coming to Egypt as a slave, and then I begin to be elevated in Potiphar's house, and then I end up getting thrown in prison, being unjustly accused. Lord, what's going on? Well, the fact is often it doesn't look like God's will is happening. But remember, don't let that fool you. Stand on the Word of God because you're never wrong to agree with God's Word. God is always at work behind the scenes. Our job is to keep trusting Him and following Him. We'll be right back. This is how I fight my battle. 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 That's what we're doing tonight. 
The music of Michael W. Smith with Surrounded. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Today we're looking at the overall topic, God is always at work behind the scenes. And so we uh, just finished reading Genesis chapter 37 and looking at this powerful story of Joseph who had put his faith and trust in God, but things seemed to be going pretty rocky, pretty difficult for Joseph time and time again. Again, he came to Egypt as a slave and ended up being bought and became a servant in the house of Potiphar, uh, the king's captain. And he begins to be elevated. And then a woman, um, Potiphar's wife specifically, accuses him him of sexual sin. And, of course, uh, Joseph is totally innocent. She lies on him, but Joseph ends up being put in prison. But remember, Joseph always keeps his faith and trust in God. He never ceased to trust God. And so... God was at work behind the scenes. Joseph might have thought to himself, well, God, I thought you had plans of me one day being a great ruler, but it just doesn't look too good right now. God, I'm in prison in a foreign land, far away from my family. And he might have thought, Lord, I just don't see how in the world you can do it. But remember this, never underestimate the power of our God. One of God's names is God Almighty, specifically El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. Nothing's too hard for God. Our job is to believe that God can do his job. So we're to live by faith. And remember, we're wise to speak the word of God every day. Speak the promises of God's word every day. Remember, you're never wrong to agree with God. You're never wrong to speak the word of God. In fact, you're right to do that. That's That should be a lifestyle of speaking God's word, even when it doesn't appear to be true. Because remember, it always is true. It's the fact is that we live in a world that's full of lies and manifested lives in our life and our culture. God's word is truth. And so Joseph is now a prisoner, but even in prison, he's being elevated and given responsibility, leadership responsibility in the prison. Well, just to make a long story short, there was a day in which one of Pharaoh's, uh, gar- one of Pharaoh's servants who knew Joseph from having been in prison there and knew that Joseph interpreted dreams Pharaoh had two powerful dreams, and he, none of his soothsayers could give him the meaning. And the servant in Potiphar, uh, the servant in Pharaoh's house knew that Joseph had interpreted his dream when he was in prison. And so he tells the Pharaoh, Pharaoh has Joseph brought before him. Joseph gives Pharaoh the interpretation of both dreams supernaturally by the power and the grace of God. And part of the dreams involved the need for Egypt to prepare for great famine that was coming after a time of prosperity. And Joseph gives the Pharaoh a a clear and powerful and wise plan of how to prepare. And God puts it on Pharaoh's heart to decide that no one could help lead lead Egypt in preparing for this upcoming set of events. No one would be better prepared to do it than Joseph himself. And so in one day, 
Joseph is elevated from prison to becoming the prime minister of Egypt, one of, if not the most powerful nations in the world at that time. Only God can do that. But remember this, Joseph never lost his faith and trust in God. Even though in his flesh he might have wanted to and the devil might have told him many times, God has forgotten you. There's no way your dream could ever be fulfilled. There's no way you could ever become a great leader now. You're a prisoner. You're a prisoner here and you're here in tough, tough situations. And how could you ever do anything of significance? Remember, nothing's too hard for God. And God ever elevated him from being a prisoner in one day to becoming the prime minister of the nation of Egypt. Well, of course, if you know the story, after he becomes prime minister, he prepares Egypt for seven years. And then when the seven years of drought come along, the, the, the nation is well prepared to not only help themselves and their people, but other nations. And Joseph's own brothers come from the faraway land from where they lived looking for help. And by the grace of God, and again, I'm abbreviating quite a bit, Joseph at a certain point reveals to his brothers who he is. And his brothers are scared for their lives, thinking Joseph would have them killed. But Joseph, by the grace of God, has enough wisdom and insight to understand what you meant for evil, God meant for God. God meant for good. Joseph was able to forgive his brothers and prepare, help to prepare a way for them to come to Egypt and be provided for for the rest of their lives by God's grace. And again, a major factor this whole story is God kept his promises to Joseph. God let him know even when he was a very young man, he would become a great leader to be used mightily of God. And that's exactly what did happen. God is always at work behind the scenes Again, our job is to believe that God can do his job. So stand on the promises of God. Speak the promises of God no matter what you're dealing with. Remember, you're never wrong to agree with God or to stand on his promises. That's how you put them to work. Remember, when you speak the word of God and stand on its promises, it allows the spirit of God to go, go to work behind the scenes and the grace of God to go to work. It allows the angels of God to work on your behalf. And remember this, the angels of God are always listening for the word of God. So when we complain or speak of God's word not working or God's will not being done, well, see, there's not much an angel can do with that. But if you stand on the word of God and you take a, a scripture like Psalm 23 and you remind God, God, I'm standing on the promises and I'm speaking these promises over my life every day. Do you know that tremendously activates the angels who are working on your behalf because they love to hear the word of God and carry God's word out on behalf of those who stand and believe it. So remember, you activate the grace of God and you allow the Spirit of God and the angels of God to work on your behalf when you stand on the Word of God and believe the Word of God itself. Psalm 23 tells us these words. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. End of Psalm 23. And of course, Psalm 23, one of, if not the best loved passages in the, in the Word of God all over the world, is, of course, Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is one of many psalms written by King David, inspired by the Spirit of God 
in and through the life of King David. And so that psalm tells a lot about King David's life. David, too, had needed to be someone who knew how to hear the Word of God and trust the Word of God, too. David's life is a powerful example of the same kind of thing happening as happened in Joseph's life. Again, very oftentimes, the will of God may seem to be contradicted by circumstances, but remember this, God is always at work behind the scenes. Well, of course, King Saul was uh, Israel's Now, after God, he was the first human king, and he didn't end up being a very good king at all. He was selfish and disobedient. And so God decided that he was going to—he had a king that would be after his own heart, and that king was David. And so in 1 Samuel chapter 16, we see the story, and for time reasons, we won't read it. But I want to encourage you to take the time to read it. But in 1 Samuel chapter 16, we have a powerful story of how that God sends Samuel to the house of Uh, Jesse the Bethlehemite. Jesse has eight sons, and God sends Samuel there to anoint a new king. And of course, Samuel, when he goes, he doesn't know who the king is. And initially, Jesse only brings seven of his sons. And so all those sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel realizes as he listens to the Spirit of God, none of these are the king. And he's wondering, do you have any more sons? And Jesse just lets him know, well, there's one more, my youngest, and he's keeping the sheep. Samuel's response, send for him. We won't sit down till he comes. So they send for David, and God lets him know, arise and anoint him. This is the one. David was chosen to be king that day. But keep in mind, even though he was anointed king, it was not time for him to step in the kingship as of yet. It would be quite a few years before David would become king. In the meantime, God is preparing and working on preparing David to be the king, even though his anointing has already been placed upon him. The opportunity for David to fight Goliath comes before him, and David gloriously is used of God to defeat Goliath and to show Israel that David acted like a king. He had the faith of a king. He had the trust in God of a king, and he appeared to be a king. He was courageous enough to do something even King Saul was not willing to do or any of the soldiers in the army of Israel. But so David began to demonstrate king qualities long before he stepped into the shoes of being the king of Israel. Well, of course, at a certain point in time, King Saul becomes very jealous of David and he eyes him and he eventually tries to send for and have David killed. And so David goes on the run and he has some people that come to follow him and he has quite a group, a growing group of followers who are following him. But the fact is, he's running for his life as a fugitive for a number of years while Saul is still king. But just to make a long story short, eventually King Saul dies in battle and God does in fact raise David up to be the king. But the fact is, God had promised to David that he would be king years before that. David's job was to trust God that he could do his job. Again, and remember, our job is to trust God that he can do his job as well. So David was anointed king as a young man, but years later, he did become king. God kept his word. But remember this, God is always at work behind the scenes. That was true in David's life, and it's true in your and my life as well. God's at work. Our job is to keep speaking the Word of God, standing on the Word of God, knowing that God can be trusted. It's wise for you to read and meditate on Psalm 23 every day. It'd be good to memorize it and remind God that you're standing on the promises found in Psalm 23 and speaking it. Why is it important to speak it and stand on those promises? Because as you speak the Word of God, as you read and meditate on the Word of God, more and more the grace of God, the Spirit of God, and the angels of God can bring about the manifestation of the truths behind 
that passage as you stand on them. This and all the promises of God's Word, keep speaking God's Word, keep standing on God's Word, because remember, God is always at work behind the scenes bringing about His will. His Spirit is at work. His grace is at work. His angels are working on His behalf, carrying out His will as we speak the Word of God and stand on it. Never contradict the Word of God. Never act like you think, well, I just don't believe that that promise is true for me because, again, you can be cutting off your own blessing that way. Remember, you're never wrong to stand on the Word of God. Why? Because God is always at work behind the scenes. Our job is to keep believing that God will carry out His Word. And eventually, as we stand on His Word and trust His Word, God will show us and He will bring His Word to pass in our lives. Lord, anoint us afresh with the Spirit of grace to be a people who are continually seeking to live in such a way that we're putting our faith to work faithfully every day, believing that you are God and you're a God who always, always, always keeps his promises. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, as we usually do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today and you've never made the step of inviting Jesus Christ to come into your heart to be the Lord and Savior of your life, today is a great day to get saved. I'd like to invite and encourage you to make that very important, that eternally important step of inviting him to be your Lord and Savior. And if you want to do that, would you simply pray this prayer with me right now from your heart? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into the world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins and all the wrong things I've done. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and I've done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. In your word, you told us, Whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we're very much wanting to connect with you and be in touch with you. Once again, my email joseph at afr.net again that's joseph at afr.net we'd like to share with you literature and some resources that are going to help you to begin to grow up and grow strong in your new walk with the lord jesus christ please 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 get in touch with us we want to share this information with you we'd like to be in touch with you like to pray with you as well again that email joseph at afr.net we hope to hear from you if you'd like to get a copy of the article that we shared earlier again the title of the article was a lifelong student in the School of Faith. I'd like you to copy, simply email the same email, joseph at afr.net. We're glad to share it with you. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.